Hello, friends and folks, and welcome back to Scanline Media. I guess this is a playlist podcast, isn't it? In a way, yeah. Um, it's a playlist one with the theme, though, because instead of just picking a random game to talk about, we decided, hey, there are two farming games coming out pretty close together. Why don't we just pick one each and then talk about how we feel about them on a podcast? And then I broke the rules, but we'll get to that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, um, I have been a, uh, oh, uh, right, this is a, this is not a patron podcast. I'm Six Detmar. And I'm Jennifer Uncle. This is Scanline Media. We make podcasts. We do, like, stuff about, like, anime and games. You should check out other stuff if you haven't. Um, (laughs) (laughs) this is how people promote things. Um, so... I have been a, a long-time appreciator of the, of the, like, farming sim... Well, not farming sim, farming game. Definitely not farming sim. I'm not a farming simulator 2018 kind of person. I am a Harvest Moon kind of person, starting back with the Super Nintendo, the original Harvest Moon. Uh, how are you on the genre? Um, Honestly, I haven't played many of them. Like, I think my, before this, my first and only exposure to um, farming games was playing Animal Crossing I, I guess it's debatable with, about whether that is a farming game, but I feel like they... Well, there's no farming in it, so <laughs> I feel fill in the gaps yourself on that one, Jennifer. <laughs> I feel like they're built with similar ideas in mind, though. Like, similar ideals. But, uh, yeah, before this, the only thing I did was start Stardew Valley, sit at the naming screen for five minutes and decide, I'm not feeling this today, and I never came back to it. Well... Uh, fair enough, I guess? I don't know. I think you made a mistake. But, um, you know, we all make mistakes in our lives. So I uh, checked out Story of Seasons, uh, Friends of Mineral Town. What about you? I played Ooblets, or at least the early access version of it that they have on the Epic Store right now. And uh, I'm planning to put up an article pretty soon talking about about some some story of season stuff because this sort of okay I this is a weird game in that it's not weird okay so <laughs> you'll have to explain once upon a time there was a console called the PlayStation One right. And they made a game, they made a Harvest Moon, they made the newest, the latest and greatest Harvest Moon, and it was called Harvest Moon Back to Nature. And you were a kid, you know, going to take over your grandfather's farm in the set, the new setting they'd invented called Mineral Town, right? And then they did a sort of remake, demake for the Game Boy and called it Friends of Mineral Town. And then they did it again and called it More Friends of Mineral Town. And then they did it again and called it Harvest Moon Boy and Girl. Then they brought Harvest Moon Boy and Girl for the, to the PlayStation Portable. Huh. And then they released uh, Harvest Moon for Girl for, you know, like, like PlayStation Classics and stuff on PS3. And now we have Story of Seasons Friends of Mineral Town. We've been back to Friends of Mineral Town more times than I've been back to my original hometown. So they just keep remaking the same game again and again? 
Well, so here's that's the thing, right? Is um sort of and this is part of what I want to talk about is I feel like there is with farming games as as you might expect if you actually think about it a low level like conservatism built into these games and not necessarily politically though a little bit politically but just like conservative approach of like gosh let's go back to the good old ways and not just in themes in what they actually do with the games yeah i i guess i i guess the opposite approach might be something like silver spoon where it it feels like they're grappling with the it feels like they spend a lot of time in that show grappling with the idea of trying to adapt some of these older um, methods of farming to the progress, the progression of technology. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Part of the, part of the thing with, um, with this release is there's the, there's the harvest moon split, right? You're, are you familiar with this, this whole thing? I'm familiar that Natsume owns the rights to the name Harvest Moon, but uh, whoever releases, I mean, whoever develops these games has the rights to the actual story, I mean, has the rights to the actual games that they made themselves, so at some point they just went off and made more Harvest Moon games, but they didn't call them Harvest Moon. Right. So basically the the original developers of Harvest Moon and the series that was in the US called Harvest Moon uh, has always been called Bokujo Monogatari in Japanese. Um, it was called the, the like um, Natsume helped them bring it over to the West and, and trademarked the name Harvest Moon. And then when they broke off, they wouldn't give them the name because companies, that's how they do. Um, so Story of Seasons is uh, the real Harvest Moon, if you will. And so I think there's a degree to which that that is that makes it more understandable that they find themselves going once again back to Mineral Town. The fact that they've already done it so many times, I can't explain necessarily, though it was a good game. Um, but there's a degree to which I think the name Story of Seasons has not exactly caught on in the West. And and by doing this, they're, they're able to be like, hey, remember Friends of Mineral Town? Listen, this is the same series. We just can't call it Harvest Moon anymore. <laughs> and it feels like it's reached enough people to know at this point, like, oh, okay, these are the real Harvest Moon people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I hope so. Um, because I think Story of Seasons Friends of Mineral Town is overall a pretty darn good game. I think it has some problems, and I, I want to talk about those. But overall, I think it's pretty good. Um, and I am also just glad to see that it is progressing in some ways that... That... It is, it is a remake, but they are actually... You know, they made changes, and I think the changes are pretty much for the better. But... I don't know that much about Ooblets. It's like farming Pikmin? It's like farming Pokemon. Um, basically, the setup is that uh, you're this person, you're this like young adult person who is frustrated because your town doesn't have any Ooblets and it sucks over there. So you're moving to Badge Town, which happens to have a bunch of Ooblets. And. Ooblets are like these little creatures that are Pokemon, except they're grown. Um, 
So basically, you move there with no money. The mayor is like, okay, well, we have this we have this gardening shack that no one's using. I guess you can have that along with the land nearby it. So you're essentially working your way up, um, planting both uh, planting both crops and oublet seeds to get some oublets. And uh, most of the game is you either growing things to, like, build as an inter- in terms of, okay, here's this structure that needs... 20 of this plant and 10 of this plant and you can collect those and help improve the town and the other half is what they call dance battles where you get into fights with other ooblets or dances with ooblets and um it's like a turn-based card game where your objective is to get to a certain point level before your opponents at the at the end to what end? Um, basically, if you hit like twenty points or something like that, y- you win the dance battle, and then you get a ooblet seed from the loser. Oh, okay, they give you ooblets. That's the thing. I was like, why? 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 <laughs> sometimes it's just for no real reason. Like sometimes, sometimes they're for quest items. Like I flew in a hot air balloon to a different city and. Basically, the residents had decided to take all of the... Uh, they took all of the keypad numbers... They took all the numpad keys off this poor man's tower door. So you're going around dancing to get the keys back. Because they're like, well, someone sold these to me, so I'm not going to give them back unless you give me a dance battle. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, are you liking it? So, initially, I was... I was very charmed by, like, uh... It's presented in a colorful way, and... It has some pretty pleasant music, and the ooblets are cute, but... It's... It's writing is all over the place in a way that... I both understand what they're going for, and it's kind of off-putting. Like, everything has to have a cutesy name. You're... Your water can is called a dribbly can, and mm. I, I, I don't have the names in front of me, but they're all names like that. And the thing about the residents is that they're all cutesy and wearing cute outfits too, but they're just disaffected 20-somethings who are just fucked over by the economy every time you talk to them. <laughs> like, um... It's not uncommon to have conversations with people where they're like, yeah, well, my mom paid for me to go to college, but then the depression hit, and now we're both in debt, hooray! And it's a bunch of conversations like that, so you get this picture that maybe all of these other residents were in a similar situation to you, and they just fucked off to this island where there's a bunch of weird Pokemon they can grow. But, uh, huh. it's, it's bizarre. And I feel like the, I feel like the biggest problem with it is that it isn't good at communicating anything to you, which it's an early access game. So hopefully they fix that over time. But, uh, it's like, it doesn't explain things to you until they happen. Like, like when you're starting out, you're just doing one um, you're just battling with one oublet, but 
once you get two or three, like, okay, I'll have more for my roster that I can choose from in fights, but as soon as the game notices you have more than one oublet, suddenly all of your encounters have the same number of people that are going to be... I, the num as soon as the game notices that you have a certain number of oublets, it will suddenly give everyone else the same number. And even wild encounters are like, okay, you have to... You have to play as many oublets as you have to a maximum of six. And... It just expands the size of battles and the point total and everything like that. And the complexity, like from zero to 100, as soon as you start growing them. Hmm. And it never really communicates to you that it's going to do that. And the other thing that really bothers me about it is that... Like, a lot of the game is just growing things or finding things that are growing around the town on that particular day and putting them in a little box to satisfy some requirement. But you'll get situations where various residents will be like, hey, could you find me three of these particular bits of mushroom? And if you agree to that, I hope that you... Ha I hope that the town decided to grow three of those mushrooms today because... If it hasn't, like, I went a whole week trying to get three mushrooms for this one girl, and every time I passed by her after the second day, she just had a bunch of dark rain clouds around her head, like she was getting impatient, and it's like, there's nothing I can do about it. The game's not growing them fast enough for me to give mm. them to you. I'm sorry about this. Hmm. I thought, yeah, I was going to say, like, is that a task you can just kind of, like, background, but, like, if the characters are sort of actively expressing their discontent with the fact that the game will let you do it. That seems frustrating. Yeah, it's not on a timer or anything like that, but it's still like people are just expecting things from you and you could just see them stewing in the corner and it's it's stressful in a way that I'm not a fan of. Also, yeah. it, it feels like some of the mechanics just aren't there right now. Like... uh there is a fishing minigame, and by fishing minigame, I mean if you have a piece of bait, you can pr go press A in the allotted fishing area, and your character just does it and occasionally gets a good item, occasionally just gets a boot, and there's no real interaction other than hit A once and see what you get. Hmm. Okay, that doesn't, that doesn't sound very uh, engaging, no. There's not even, like, a, like, timed exclamation mark thing or something? Nope. It's just, uh, go with a, go with a normal bait or a better piece of bait and see what you get. Hmm. Well, it is early access. I don't know. That seems like the kind of thing they could maybe develop if it turned out to be a major feature of the game. I don't know. It seems interesting because, like... I I don't I don't know what um the team itself was pitching this game as, the uh, Ooblets was sort of pitched to me as like oh look it's like an indie like Animal Crossing Harvest Mooney thing, and it seems like they don't like I I don't know maybe there's there's there sound like there are merits to the game but it sounds like it's not really like. Not only is it not like a normal farming game, it seems like they didn't even take lessons from those games. Yeah, like there's farming mechanics and I, I can't say for certain what they're like to people who play farming games normally because I haven't really played many of those. But uh, 
it's the sort of situation where it's like, okay, you plant seeds and you have to water the soil and occasionally the game will be like, oh, they're dry or, oh, some weeds are growing and you just need to go pull them out or water and you expend like a bit of your energy for the day when you do all that. And that basically sounds like a normal farming game. Okay. And you eventually, it seems like eventually once you find more materials and stuff like that, you can like set up sprinklers to automatically take care of certain areas and things like that. Yeah, that's more of a, a Stardew Valley thing. Uh, Harvest Moon and Story of Seasons, in, in my memory, never really got into sprinklers that much. Um, I don't know. It's it's interesting because I, I played a lot of... Uh, I played some other farming games in preparation for this podcast because it got me thinking. So I played uh, a lot of Stardew Valley and I played some uh, Rune Factory 4 Special. Um, Rune Factory 4, I don't think I have as much to say about. Um... But Stardew Valley, it's really interesting to see, like, people, when when Stardew Valley came out, like, there were the people who weren't really into the genre who were like, oh man, it's like, this is a really, like, this is a really great game. And then there are people who are, who are already into the genre who are like, I mean, it's well made, but it's kind of just another one of these, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's unfair. I think playing more Stardew Valley directly in contrast with... Uh, like like um story of seasons which is pretty like pretty much like i would say it is is at the moment if you were going to play like a harvest moon slash story of seasons it's probably the one to play right like i don't know if i would say it's the best one ever but like for modern sensibilities and stuff it's it's certainly that the peak of the franchise um and yet i still like in comparison found myself having a much better time with stardew valley and that's partially because of some some elements where the game is much better at creating a sense of community, I think. Um, it's it's an element where they do a much better job of fe- making the city feel lived in, I guess. Like, all the elements feel pretty much the same. But, like, you have... I'm trying to think of, of what... Like, one of the things is, in, in Story of Seasons, pretty much every character is just, like, someone who lives in this small town and is like, well, gosh, I sure do love it here, right? Gosh, just these old city values. Um, and you have those characters in Stardew Valley, but also kind of, I feel like it bridges the gap towards Ooblets a little bit because you have a few characters in Stardew Valley. You have uh, three people who have also moved there for different reasons. And one of them is expressly like the person who moved out there just because they're sick and tired of everything. And that's that, that character is, is Shane and he's an interesting character, but you also have two characters who like, there is like a poet who moved out there to live on the beach for inspiration. And like, uh, like a, uh, an artist who moved out there because she thought the fresh air would help and stuff. So I think it's sort of an interesting, like compromise there where, you have other characters who are also in the position of sort of discovering the beauty of this town, but it's not like everyone's this like jaded millennial either. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you do get a number of personality types in Ooblets. Like, uh, there's a conservationist who is all about, um, 
setting up an area where you can just set ooblets free and they just hang out together. There's someone who's basically, whose thing is basically getting into battles all the time and he has a bit of a snooty attitude to him. But uh, overall, everyone feels kind of thin, like they have a few catchphrases that they cycle between or... Oh, this is the cat. This is the person who acts like they're an alien from space. Or, oh, here's the person who just who seems to be. I mean, the way that they have modeled him makes him look like a homeless person who just put, stomps a stick in the ground all the time and occasionally uh, leaky cans uh, spawn out of him. Um, there's. It's all just stuff like that, but also most of the characters just give you pithy sort of quotes about, or or just statements that make it sound like, okay, this is a millennial character. Mm-hmm. And then another thing, like what the ultimate, um, uh, some people may not know, not having played a lot of Stardew Valley, Stardew Valley, like most of these games, it's like, okay, you moved out here for, you know, like to 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 get away from it all or whatever right um and that's true in stardew valley as well and then the end of the game is just like okay it's been you know x number of years and uh just you know you get it you get an ending based on like okay who'd you marry and how good of a job did you do and how much does the town like you right um and there are some of them where you can keep playing after the ending but that's the ending um in stardew valley the ending well that, that you can one, you can keep playing forever, and it doesn't necessarily have to end, but the, like, ending of, like, the storyline is you, like, there is a, um, basically a Walmart that has opened up nearby, and the good ending, you can, it's kind of, I don't even know it's there, you can choose to be like, yeah, Walmart's great, which is like, why are you even playing this game? Um, but there is a ending of this game, the the proper ending, where what you do is you spend a lot of like time and resources rebuilding up the like the community center, and then you have a cutscene where you and the villagers get together and you basically shoot Walmart out of town. Hell yeah, it rules. Um, and there's something like that's part of what I I feel like Story of Seasons like weirdly misses for all its romanticization of of like country values and like like community togetherness it feels kind of surface level right like it has some stuff like uh they keep revisiting the same town game after game uh this is this is still like this is the first um harvest moon game story of seasons game where they allow same-sex relationships it took them this long um and then like rune factory uh, which came out last year, Rune Factory 4 Special, still has, you know, like, hetero relationships only. Um, they even And they even added an option once you, like, sort of quote-unquote beat the game that you can change your gender, but then everyone just misgenders you all the time. All they've done is change your art. What? Oh. Which, it's like, why would you do this? And you so you can, like, you can play as a girl and marry a boy and then you know do the gender change like magic to become also a boy but then everyone will just still use she her for you um like these games can be really backwards in this way or like um one of the things that stardew valley does that is like 
I hadn't gotten in de- as deep into the Friends of Mineral Town, <laughs> I guess at this point, sub-series, because there's so fucking many of them. Um, but um, those games have mining. I'd never really explored it much. And Stardew Valley also has mining. It has this mine, and there are, like, monsters, and you, like, you break rocks to get different types of ore. And it's kind of repetitive, but it's like, okay, I guess this is fine. Um, and I was like, oh, it had, they've got it in, in Friends of Mineral Town, too. I'm, it'll be good to play a game where the mining is better. The mining is so bad in this game. It is literally just uh, there are 100 floors of uh, just piles of rocks and you walk up and hit them with your hammer and they break and something comes out. There are no monsters. There are no traps. There are no obstacles. And after you've broken every rock, then you have to hit the ground with the hit the ground with a hoe and you might uncover a ladder. And every time you come back in, you start back up from the top again, and you can't get the good ones until you get further down, and you run out of stamina. Now, oh. once, you, once you've given a hundred gifts to the Harvest Goddess, which you can only give one gift a day, so at least after basically a full in-game year, you get the option to have an elevator to take you down to like levels you've explored every like five or ten levels. But that's after... A year, an in-game year of this shit, and of just, even then, unbelievably boring mechanic. That sounds kind of miserable. It's it's really bad. I am kind of baffled that it, it, it survived in this form. Uh, um, but I also want to point out, like, they did make a few changes that feel really like there's a level of, of fantasy that came to this game that I really appreciate. Um, like, okay, here's one, right? Like we've always had like, okay, there are cows and there are uh, chickens and sometimes you can get like a goat or whatever. Right. Um, there are special cows in this game. I've got actually my copy of my physical copy of the game came with a plush for the strawberry cow. It produces strawberry milk. There's a that chocolate cow like... that produces chocolate milk. That's fun. <laughs> yeah, that that sounds like my kind of ki- that sounds like my kind of thing. And it's like it, I I am enjoying this game, but imagine like it feels like such a bad statement about the the situation this series is in where I'm like, did you hear in the new one, there's a new type of cow like Jesus Christ. Is that what we have to get excited about? <laughs> uh, the way that you described it just now makes it seem like one of those annual sports franchises. Yeah, I know. And you know, okay. So this, this uh, friends of mineral town came out in July do you want to guess when Harvest Moon Back to Nature came out? And I want to point out, like, the characters, the city, the layout, this is all exactly the same as Back to Nature. Like, the art, like, they have new art for them, but it's like, oh, there's the mayor with his, like, his little bushy mustache and his two tall red hat. Like, it's the same characters. When do you think Back to Nature came out? Uh, I'm going to say June. No, 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 no. The, the, the original game that this is based on. Oh, Okay. I thought you meant like the Harvest Moon competitor. No, this is this is the this is the original Harvest Moon that this game is a remake of or a remake of a remake or however you want to say it. 
I'm going to say 97 or 98 since it was on PS1. 99. But yeah, 21 years later. And the most exciting thing I have to say is they're not homophobic and you can get a strawberry cow. (laughs) So are there other fantastical changes other than the special cows? Um, well, they've got a new art style. Uh, they've got, uh, slightly more character customization. Instead of picking a boy or a girl, you can pick one of two boys or one of two girls and then pick skin tone. (laughs) Um, the uh uh there are two new there are a couple of new people actually not two new there are two new normal people you can marry and then <laughs> a few more like like uh harder to do people one of them is the the harvest goddess you can marry the harvest goddess which is cool except for the fact that it's impossible to do <laughs> the her her prerequisites to get married are insane um also, they added a tracker so you can see whether you're friends with someone or not. Like, it's really... You're just struggling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I know that a lot of people in my in my Twitter circles, at least, were pretty excited for this game, too. So, it'd be nice if whenever they end up making another story of seasons, they end up changing things a little bit more. Yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that this is kind of like... Um, like Link Between Worlds was, right? Like, this is kind of them asking permission. Like, in a different way. With Link Between Worlds, they're like, hey, look, we're doing, like, minor things different that don't really matter, and this is okay, right? So you'll let us make more changes to Zelda. I'm hoping what this is is them being like, hey, look, this is still this is still the series you love. We're still those developers. Please let us do new things. I hope. I hope that's what they're doing. Because if I end up back in Mineral Town one more time, I'm going to scream. Oh, they, they start out the next game with a meteor hitting Mineral Town. It becomes a JRPG slash farming game. Where I mean, you have then, to go to various new towns and then improve their farms and then go to the next town and fight. I don't know, whatever a farmer would fight. Well, you're, you're, what you're describing is Rune Factory, which is a combination farming slash dungeon crawler that is the premise of those games. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, Rune Factory has actually some cool mechanics where, like, so it's always been a thing in these games that it's like, okay, it's summer. You can grow tomatoes in the summer, right? But, like, uh-oh, once fall comes, you can't grow tomatoes anymore. And one thing Rune Factory does is it has different dungeons, and let's say you clear the ice dungeon, right? In the ice dungeon, after you've cleared it, um, you gain access to a special room in the ice dungeon where it's always winter. So no matter what season is, you can grow winter crops. Interesting. Like you're unlocking new biomes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's um, I am excited for Rune Factory 5. Rune Factory 4 special is just a slightly enhanced port of a 3DS game. So it's a little rough in that way. Um, hopefully five goes a little more, a little more hog wild, but, um, you, what you mentioned also actually sounds more like the upcoming Harvest Moon One World, which is coming out later this year. Can you imagine a world without tomatoes, strawberries, or cabbage? 
buoyed by a mysterious discovery, set out an adventure that goes beyond your hometown, spanning the whole world. What kind of people and places await? Yeah, it's like, what if in Harvest Moon you had to play for 20 hours before you were able to farm? I don't know what the fuck they're thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Is the answer to the mystery going to be climate change? <laughs> I, I don't know. It's not out yet. Who so? Who knows? Uh, I'm I'm allowing you to call your shot if that's what you want to say right now. Um, I think they're I think they're too conservative. I think they're too conservative of a developer to actually make a climate change. But uh, that would be incredibly funny if it, they set up this whole JRPG and it was like, and the answer is climate change. Now, Jen, I want you to be my my account here, right? You are my witness. I am not a graphic snob. Right? Yeah, I'd say that you're... Like, there's definitely things where... I I feel like both of us definitely dislike certain art styles and stuff like that. But uh, overall, I've seen you play games that uh, look kind of ugly. This Harvest Moon One World trailer that they released, uh, like, a month and a half ago, legitimately looks like a PS2 game. The graphics are unbelievably bad. Jeez. I don't know what's going on over there. Maybe it's a Cooking Mama situation where the launch is going to be chaotic, and then the post-launch is going to be even more chaotic, and then Vice will write a story about what the hell happened. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, that would be that would be interesting. I'd I'd be curious. <sighs> yeah, I. Uh... Ultimately, I think this this series, not this series, this genre is underserved. I think the fact that Stardew Valley was such a hit is a testament to, like, you know, the craft of that game, for sure. But also a craft, a testament to how little people are trying. It doesn't seem like a competitive genre. No, no. And it doesn't seem like Ooblets is going to rock that world, necessarily. I can see Ooblets doing alright for itself, just because it had a very big push initially from Double Fine, before Double Fine got bought by Microsoft. But, uh, yeah, it's one of the situations where I hope that they end up making a lot of changes to it within, like, over the course of its early access that, uh, a makes makes it less confusing. B makes it less stressful if you're confused about something. And C, honestly, the fighting is like the dance battle fighting really isn't my thing. Like a lot of the fights can go on for a super long time, and one of the main mechanics is just either giving yourself the ability to get an extra point from your cards. Or throwing something at your opponent that makes uh, their cards one point less effective. And it's this tug of war where it's like, okay, I'm going to steal your points. Or, okay, I'm just going to focus on gaining my own points. And it's oh. it's just a weird, unfun game of math for like three to five minutes. And the battle's gone for too long. Like, that sort of thing shouldn't take five minutes to play through. On the other hand, as the mining in uh, Friends of Mineral Town has shown us, is it a real farming game if there's not a side mechanic that fucking sucks? <laughs> oh, good point. 
I don't know. I, 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 I must confess. I, I will probably play it at some point just because, you know, I'm, I'm a, <laughs> but, um, your, your feedback on Ooblets has certainly made me, has has pushed that, that interest to the, the future for a while. It's going to be, it's going to be a time before I decide I need to check that out. Yeah. And it's a personal taste thing for me partially too, but I just really dislike all of the baby talk names they have for everything. Like, uh, collecting groobles or nerns or mazes. They, they're all names like that. Yeah, there's... <laughs> and occasionally, occasionally you just walk up to something that's completely normal looking and with a completely... What should just have a completely normal name, and it just has something cutesy, and you're like, just fuck, just call it a fucking watering can. Yeah, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a, there. I feels like there is a philosophy that created uwu speech, and someone said like, what if uwu speech was everything, and it just has has permeated a certain kind of a certain element of like internet culture and like a certain type of of creative work. That is just insufferable. I just can't with it. Yeah. And all the rest of the text is stuff like when they're not being cutesy, it's like, oh, my whole family's in debt or I'm growth hacking myself. And it's like, shut up. That sounds pretty Uh, obnoxious. Yeah. Like I said, it's I imagine there are going to be some people who are into the into this game's voice, but I just found it incredibly off-putting. Hmm. <sighs> Ultimately, folks, uh, you should probably just play Stardew Valley. That's a really good game. Yeah, I have this copy of Stardew Valley. I should, I should probably finally play it. We could start a... It has online multiplayer. We could do a co-op farm together. Oh, huh. What do you, ha- that what do you have it on? Um... I have it on PC, I think, or I might have the Game Pass version on Xbox, but they might have turned that off. I'll have to check after this podcast. Okay, okay. If you have it on PC, that'd be better. Because I don't, I don't want to play it on Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> oh right, I remember. I remember why I didn't play it that day that I decided to start playing it. Like I was like, okay, I'm gonna play this with a controller, and it was like. Type in your name. You have to use your keyboard. And it's like, well, I don't feel like typing today, so boop. I I can't make fun of you for that. That's fair. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you're just like, no, I'm just not feeling it. Nope. So yeah, like I've never exactly written the game off. It's just that the one time when I was actively trying to make good on this copy that I had, I got to a point where it's like. I'm not feeling it today, and it never came to my brain again to be like, hey, I should give that another shot. What can you do? If when life gives you lemons, uh, ask if the lemon has controller support. (laughs) All right, well, I think that's that for for us here. Uh, Jen, why don't you tell the folks where they can find you on the internet? Sure thing. So you can find me on Twitter at JBU3. Uh, most of my stuff is on Patreon. I Most of my stuff is on ScanlineMedia.com or Patreon.com slash ScanlineMedia, where we have uh, 
various podcasts and role-playing sessions and things like that. And actually, the the two copies of this game, I and the two games we talked about today, were funded by our patrons. So thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, with with the help of our patrons, we uh, we either buy games for coverage or we get new equipment. That's pretty much where all the money goes. Uh, I am Six Detmar. You can find me on Twitter at Six Detmar. S I X D E T T M A R. Uh, and yeah, same places as Jen, basically. Um, I think that's it for us. Until next time, folks. Peace out. See ya.